Um, Wayne, would you pray for the homily today? Father in heaven, we thank you for this time together. And we would ask that you would inspire Father Ryan with yes. your word and that you would speak directly into our hearts and reveal our thoughts and our intentions and give us grace through this word to truly repent of any fault and to be encouraged to follow you. Yes. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, God is just so awesome. He really is. The, uh, I don't know about Father Ronnie. Wayne, I know you preached a lot and stuff, but uh, I always typically will struggle going, is this really what I'm supposed to be preaching? And I'll, and, uh, and God's always so faithful to kind of confirm that in some way. And so when the psalm today, and I had not looked at the readings for the day uh, since sometime last, during the middle of the week, and I forgot the psalm for the day, what it was. And it's Psalm 19.1, uh, which that's my opening verse for, the, for what I'm going to begin, try to get through here. So that when, I, when that was up there, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, then maybe this will be okay because I'm doing something that has amazed Brian here. That I've got a visual, what did you call it? A visual, visual aid for me, and that's pretty spectacular. That I went through the trouble. I mean, I, come, I have all these great ideas to have visual aids, but I never do them. So uh, it was real, con you know, and I was worried that, oh, maybe I'm just getting off into la la land with my stuff. So it was very gracious of the Lord to really confirm that because that is my opening scripture that I want to read is Psalm 91. The heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the works of His hands. So you know that what the psalmist is trying to say and, and I'll read something from Romans that's saying the same thing is that, that everything is declaring God's glory if we but have eyes to see. You know, like when God created, you know, in the reading today, he created, you know, uh, talking about creating heaven and, and the earth and all. When he created everything, it wasn't by accident or by chance. You know, when we do stuff, a lot of times we, it's, it's, a, it's a, a brilliant accident when it turns out well. You know, because we don't plan most of us are not extremely detailed as what God is. You know, God is like, you know, like no matter how detail-oriented you might be, you have no clue how detail-oriented God is. Every particle of creation, every molecule, this, I believe this, molecule, atom, whatever the smallest thing that we can recognize, God created it as an individual piece of the great, of the great puzzle that we call creation. And they all work together in some miraculous way that's, that leaves most of us totally astounded by it all. And so in Psalms, that's what the, our Psalm is, is, tell, is telling us that, you know, about God. And so in Romans, Paul makes a statement very similar. In Romans chapter 1 and verse uh, 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible 
attributes, His eternal power and driven nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Of course, you know, Paul's talking about, you know, like, no one has an excuse, you know, no matter what, you know, uh, because God's attributes, His power, His glory is portrayed throughout all of nature. And so as I was uh, preparing for this, it this really sprang from an actual uh, kind of a word of knowledge uh, that I had for a friend of mine on one of the noon homilies. Not noon homilies, noon Eucharist prophetic time that we have. And it was about, uh, because she's a painter and I'm a painter, uh, well, that might be a gross overstatement. She is, I'm just, I just waste paint a lot. But uh, every painting starts out like this. You know, it's, it's a blank. And, and our cultures of, of painting forever, most of them started out exactly like that, white. You know, and uh, particularly today, every painter pretty much starts out white. Now he may do what we call uh, toning, which is put a very, very light shade of color to, to a white canvas to try to get over the fear of death of looking at a white mass in front of you. Uh, that They say that helps. It doesn't do me no good whatsoever. You know, because I, I do it and I'm looking, I'm going, oh my God, that's probably the wrong tone. You know, <laughs> I probably should have used something else. But the word that I had for her was that, that our lives are like this. And not only are our lives, uh, our lives a blank canvas, but they're if we, would un if we could just see that and wake up every day and realize we're a blank canvas. You know, because like I see a canvas like that. If I, you know, when I go to paint and I see it and it terrorizes me somewhat because I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, knowing that I'm going to probably make a mess out of it when I'm doing it. And so there's all these, these uh, insecurities that raise up and stuff. But when a master painter you know, looks at a blank canvas, all he sees is the possibility of a great painting taking place. Now most of us in our lives, we have a tendency to see the mess that we figure we're going to make in our lives. And if we're doing it, it will be, because we're not really capable of doing much. You know, that's why Christ came. And that's why Christ chooses to live within us, even. I mean, you think about it, it's, you know, Paul over and over again talks about, and our bishop talks all, all the time, is that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is living his life within you. It's no longer I that liveth, but it's Christ that liveth in me. There's a real reason for that. And that's because left up to your own devices, you'll make a mess out of it. You know, you'll have no, you'll just make a mess. And that's what we do until we come to Christ. And we continue to do that, unfortunately, as Christians, because we are very slow to let go of the control of our life to His control. So when I was thinking about that, uh, the Lord started just bringing some stuff to mind to me. And, uh, and that's why I wanted to, to the scriptures about creation proclaiming His glory. And that He does nothing out of, by accident. That everything is a very planned because thinking in terms of painting and paint and stuff, I just realized God, the Holy Spirit just said, uh, 
God, talk, God speaks to me through questions most of the time, you know. And so I, he, I felt the Holy Spirit asked me a question. How many primary colors are there? You know, there's three. You know, and so that's a simple, easy answer for almost anybody. Most of us learn that as kids at some point, that there's three primary colors, red, yellow, blue. Uh, and so I'm, you know, like being the spiritual guy I am, I said, well, yeah, there's three, red, yellow, blue, so what's that? So what? You know, and then the Holy Spirit said, well, you know, there's a Father, there's a Son, and there's a Holy Spirit. Think about that. And so I was like, okay. And then the Holy Spirit, again, speaking to me, said, which when you paint and you're learning to paint, one of the things that beginning painters struggle with is paint theory or mixing paints. But every color that, is, that we know, every color in nature, every color that we can paint can be created from three colors. And they are created from three colors. Now, some painters, and particularly beginning painters like me and stuff, you know, we'll look in the art books or online and stuff, and there's like hundreds of colors. And, uh, and so we think if we just buy one more color, that will be the color that makes all the difference in the world. And so we try to not mix colors, to create colors. But see, God created these colors. And from these three colors, He has painted all of creation, all the colors that are in creation. It's, it's created basic, the basis for them out of three colors. And that's the basis for the all of creation. It's not just the colors we see, but it's all of creation is based in a trinity. As trinity. You know, and, and creation, the world, us, everything is only in its proper form or proper colors, if you will, when those three parts of the Lord are working and operating in our parts of our lives. And, I'll, and so I did, you know, being like the really spiritual guy that thinks of really cool stuff, I googled uh, colors and the meaning of colors. And so some of the stuff I came up with was that yellow, or the color of gold, that represents gold, is, uh, the, it represents glory and kingship. And so it represents God the Father to us, all of His glory. All glory is His. And then the, the color red, of course, is Christ, the redemptive work of Christ and the blood of Christ. Is, the red is representing. And then the blue is, uh, represents authority and kingship, you know, because that was the royal colors that they wore. And, uh, and the really, really royal colors were purple, which was a mixture of red and blue. Uh, but that represents the Holy Spirit. You know, and as Christians, as a Christian at different times, uh, I have not always had all of these three as a focus in my life, as, or as a real part of my life. I've kind of like shoved them off to, one off to the side or the other kind of thing. And, it, and when that happens, when we do that, that's when we get kind of like wacky. You know, we get a little bit out of balance. You know, our color is off, you know, kind of deal. And so the Lord just spoke to me that it's like, it's all of creation. Even the very beginning of creating green grass, I created red, yellow, and blue to be able to mix the colors of all of creation. And in that, that represents what the Godhead, the Trinity, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from the very beginning. And they all have to be at work. 
Now, an interesting thing is that to paint, you, you, you don't have to have it, but it really does help painting if you have white. You know, and some people don't consider white as a color. It's just a, a, a shade and all. But, of course, white represents the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. You know, we've been made white through the blood of Christ. And it's when, we, when white begins to be added into the colors that paintings begin to take life, that, that there become subtle differences and stuff. And sometimes whites are the highlights. Well, it's really the same in God's creation. You know, it really works the same. Is that uh, we can talk about all the Trinity stuff that you want to talk about. But if you're not allowing God in, and if you're not a part of this grand thing that God's doing, it's, it's liking part of what He's always intended, and that was humanity. From the very, very beginning, He created Adam and Eve to be a part of representing all of humanity. I mean, not all of humanity, but all of creation with Him. And so we have that. Uh, and so back to the canvas part. As the Lord has spoke to me, He's, uh, like I said, I gave this word to a friend, but that became a word for me because I can't get it out of my head. That it's a personal word to me. Because I have my, my biggest struggle that I need healing from, and, and I've had, and amazingly, I've had a lot of healing, but I still need more, is low self esteem. You know, and I think most of us, that is a struggle somewhere, you know. And like I say, if you see people that, have, that don't seem to have low self-esteem, they really have really low self-esteem because they're trying to overcome their, what the, how they actually see themselves, you know. So the gist of the word is like when we enter our day, when we get up in the morning, do we see it? a blank canvas that has nothing on it and it terrorizes us but the mess we're fixing to make and all or do we see it as an incredible opportunity as a credible moment for something that is spectacular in our life now again if you try to do this it will probably be a mess It'd probably be what, in the words of painters that know what they're talking about and how to paint, you will probably have really muddy colors before you get through muddying up the world that you live in. But if we would allow God to do what God does and work what He does, the redemptive, spectacular, uh, supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our life through the cross, through what Christ has done to establish the glory of God. And now every painting that God does as a life, thinking of life as a painting, is for His glory. No matter what, it may look all kinds of different looks to it, but it's really about God Himself, the glory, because the, the, the Son and the Holy Spirit are always glorifying the Father. You know, Jesus said all the time, it's, uh, it's like, not, I'm not saying this. I'm just repeating what I heard, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will. 
And so, but we have to participate on a level of allowing, of letting go, and letting God do things, and use the different colors. And uh, sometimes, uh, I think Sandra said, you paint some, and I know Wayne is a, is a master painter. And is, some of your paintings are incredible. Uh, you know that there's a the stage that they call the block-in stage, which I've got a painting right now on my easel that's in the block-in stage. And it's probably one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. You know? And that's something as a painter that you have to really realize that to advance, you have to kind of learn how to block in properly to advance this in, in the painting. Where I mean, you can kind of start out and try to like, de in the very beginning with a detail of color or whatever. Uh, but eventually you'll get to that where you block in. And it's a point of that that you sometimes, as in the beginning, you look at it and you just throw it away. Because it's just so bad looking. You know, and so I've got one like that now. That's that's kind of the way my life is a lot of times. It's like I, I live in a lot of block in, you know, where I'm looking at it, going like, oh, that this is like this. You know, well, like I can't believe God that you're not throwing this away, throwing me away because this is horrible. Uh, but see, we don't see with God's eyes, and uh, and then being a beginning painter or person who doesn't paint, when they see a block in, they're like, oh, that's bad. You know, like, hey, that's really bad looking. And they're right, because it's not a finished thing. But God always finishes His work. But again, God does that. You know, Christ uttered those words on the cross, telelestai. I think that's close to the right Greek word. But that word means finished. It is finished. Uh... So he's, the work is done, the work is finished. We've just got to just trust him in every aspect of our life to create in us, through us, and by it, to reveal his, himself. And that's the purpose. The purpose of God's work in your life is not for you. Okay? That's where we get it wrong as Christians. We tend to think, oh, God's purpose is for me. You know, that I have a good life that I have this, that I have that, that I look this way, I look that way, I'm running in this circle or that circle. And that's, that may be all a part of that, okay? But the purpose of our life is to reveal God and Christ. I mean, think about that. That He chooses to live His life in you for a purpose, and there's a reason in you to reveal Himself to the rest of creation and to the rest of humanity. And so, uh, I want to read this real quick. And uh, this is from Lamentations, which again, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty miracle for me to be in Lamentations to start with, or the Old Testament, other than the Psalms. Because I'm a New Testament kind of a guy. You know? uh, I, don't, I confess that I don't spend a lot of time in the Old Testament. But in Lamentations in chapter 3 and verse 22, it starts out, The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases, for His compassions never fail, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The ESV leads, reads a little bit different in the first verse. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and they are new every morning. So the picture that I have for me and I would hope that the Holy Spirit would give you about you is that 
His love and His loving kindness are new every morning. It's new. And now all He sees is what He can, is His creation, what He's fixing to create, which in its own way will become a spectacular painting. Now, I'm not a big abstract fan of painting, you know. Uh, so there's different paintings. Just like there's, we're different. And just because your life doesn't look like uh, Billy Graham or St. Teresa or whoever, doesn't mean that it's not still not a spectacular creation that's just astoundingly beautiful and wonderful all in its own ways with the unique colors and the, the use of colors or the use of God's working in your life. But again, we have to submit. If, if, the, if the canvas doesn't submit, which I had one that would not submit to me, it kept falling. So I was like, you know, what am I going to do with this thing? Uh, but we, that's our job, is to just be the blank canvas, to allow him to do his work and not worry about the, about the, about the work that he's doing and what it's going to look like. But just be submitted to that work and let him use the various parts of the Trinity to work in our life. The Holy Spirit sometimes you know, is doing the convicting and, the, and the, like dragging us along or whatever our per personality has to, he has to do in our personality. And then some days it's the work of Christ at the cross, the cleansing of his blood, the redemptiveness that, we, that we're experiencing that colors all of our life until he has his finished work with us. And so this is the show, part of the show and tell part. So what does Christ, God's finished painting, what does it really look like? You know, and, and this is just but a small example of that. It goes from this to this. Now, in my eyes, this is a spectacular painting, not because of the painting itself but because it shows me God's love. And so this is a, an interpretation of the prodigal son, of Rembrandt's prodigal son, which it was really funny, and I was getting this thing together in my head, and I was thinking, about that, and I was, and I was calling, you know, uh, what is it, all these, I was looking for art stores, and and calling uh, Michaels and stuff, and I was, well, I was wanting to get a poster of the Prodigal Son, Rembrandt's poster of the Prodigal Son, because it's a, it's a spectacular painting by Rembrandt, one of my favorites. And I'm sitting in, uh, I'm sitting, literally I'm sitting in front of this painting. You know, I'm just sitting in front of it, and I'm going through all this in my head, I'm trying to figure out how, okay, how can I do this on a computer and drive poor Brian crazy, see if, you know, see if I can actually push him over the edge of a total insanity to help do this on the screen and stuff. And, uh, and that's usually the way I do that, do visual aid stuff. And, and of course it gets too complicated and I quit and don't do it. And, uh, but I'm sitting in front of this painting and the Holy Spirit just drew my eye and goes, this is your Rembrandt. This is the prodigal son. It's not the, the, uh, the, the, the painter. It's what the painter has created that is the message. 
And so no matter what flavor your life takes, no matter what vein your life takes uh, for uh, uh, your vocation, your job, your whatever, it will ultimately always come back and kind of look like this. The love of God for people. For people. Unfortunately, too many times we, we think that we love God, but we don't love people. You know, God's crowning creation that He loved so much that He died for. And so we need, and the thing of it is, is that really only God's handiwork in your life, only God working in your life and taking your life, as again, the allegory of, of white, it's just white. And, and like I say, you know, white's not an interesting thing, it's not very interesting. But God can take our lives that are like that. Once he cleans them up, and then he can t begin to do the work of the Father in our life and the Son in our life and the Holy Spirit in our life. And he can create a masterpiece. But that masterpiece will always be directed at glorifying him through loving what he loves the most that he actually died for. Amen? Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.